Welcome to Partner Ops Partner. I'm your host, Aaron Howerton. Listener, it's good to have you with me again for another week. Last week, I tried really hard to establish some groundwork around why you need a vision for partner experience. And the three main points I have that I put in there are that partners are customers and customers are king. Uh, Partners are foundational and a vision for partner experience creates a foundation for decisions. How you're going to make decisions. You have a vision, you know what to experience. That helps guide all of your decisions around tech and program and everything. It's a little bit different, I think, than the programmatic vision because you're specifically tailoring how you want people to experience partnerships. But I think it's worth making a creator's note here. Originally, last week was going to be a single post that encompassed uh, why you need a vision, who owns experience, and how to get started. And after I got done working on this, I realized I had three weeks. And here's what I did to get there. So I did the audio first. I just recorded what I wanted to talk about. And then I ran that through Descript to get the transcript. And then I took the transcript and I fed that to ChatGPT for an edit. And when that came out, I saw the three separate sections worth of content. So I did a couple of more ChatGPT runs to get different, uh, try to give it my voice, right? Fed it some of my content, give it my voice. Uh, got a little bit of different formatting coming out of it. And now what you're seeing and listening to this week is a result of a heavily edited version of those chat GPT results. So no, I can't just copy paste the chat GPT article and feel good about that. It doesn't sound or feel like me. Um, so I had to go through and, and revise and edit and add additional context and flavor. But it saved me so much time and it gave me three weeks worth of content going through this process as opposed to just trying to cram it all in. So I'll get three weeks of roughly 1,100 words to 1,200 words instead of one week of 13 to 1,400 trying to cram everything I wanted to talk about in. This week, now that we're two minutes in and we've talked about that, who owns partner experience? This is hopefully what you came here for. Maybe you just find me entertaining. I don't know. Some companies are now hiring partner experience managers. Atlassian just appointed one, and I am really excited to work with her and her team internally to get on all the enhancements and stuff that I see from the architecture standpoint. Other companies are also starting to see this role as a function, but for the most part, I think it's still being rolled into a lot of other functions. Go out real quick and look on LinkedIn, uh, do a search for partner experience manager, and you'll see the same jobs I did around what the title is, what it looks like, things like that. But partner experience, much like partner operations, suffers from buzzword-itis. That's a word I made up. Maybe somebody else said before. I don't know. Basically, it's being used frequently in lots of concepts with lots of people, and everyone just kind of nods their head and agrees like we have a fundamental understanding of what it means. But it's confusing for everyone in the industry. It's being used liberally across a variety of functions, and it ultimately still sounds like a lot of existing roles. And there's good reason for that. Virtually every kind of role in partnerships has some tie to partner experience. So if you don't have a role for the function, the question this week is who should really own it from a vision and accountability standpoint? So we're gonna talk about these groups today, the different roles, where it can live and where I think maybe it should. You probably won't be surprised by my results. Let's start with enablement. This is a really logical place for experience. I mean, after all, when you're crafting enablement, you are looking to create an excellent experience. That's That's what it means to deliver good enablement is to have a good experience. You simply can't train and enable without it. The downside is that enablement is typically focused on small portion of the business, right? Or a goal in most cases. And examples can include a new product, process, system, or campaign we're rolling out. And I am not 
trying to ignore or trivialize enablement in any way. Team, I see you. I used to be you. That's where I got my start was in partner enablement when it comes to partnerships. But I want to recognize that it's strategically focused toward specific goals, which minimizes the broader implications of what experience could mean. Now, this is similar with partner success. This is another role which can really vary from one company to another. What does it mean to be in partner success? Is it a customer success style role? Is it what we're calling partner managers who don't have sales responsibilities? Or maybe they do have sales and support responsibilities, but we just want them to be successful and we like the language of success over manager because that implies partnership. At any rate, they have a mandate toward their goals with the partner. They often have the challenge of managing direct relationships with partner accounts. They drive performance, answer questions, maintain commitment, a whole lot of other responsibilities tailored to their assigned accounts. So once again, we're seeing a narrow lane of focus around a specific group of partners or a specific program of partners, losing that broad functionality that experience entails. Because for me, experience is, is not just partners. It is threefold, customers, colleagues, and partners. But what about program management? Now, this is another murky concept. It sounds a lot like partner success, depending on the company. This could mean developing specific programmatic policies for the business, like, hey, you're the lead and opportunity program manager. Well, that means you're going to manage all things tied to lead and opportunity for the business, but you don't own partner relationships. You might be working with partner managers or partner success managers or channel account managers who all kind of fall into that other partner success channel management ambiguity I talked about. Or it could also mean full program leadership. You might be a program manager of the affiliate program. You're the program manager. You're the agency program manager, director of agencies, director of resellers, director of service delivery partners, whatever. This can look like a lot of different things, but you still get down into that narrow lanes that this tends to come with. When you have a program, you have a lane, a start and an end and lanes to operate in. That again is limiting the broader focus of what experience means. So now we get to the head of partnerships, that partnership leader. Now this one, you're going to have to listen and hear me out on this one. In smaller organizations, this person is already inundated with the priority to build the program. There is pressure to perform, drive revenue, to quote, get it started. And all of that will outweigh concerns about a long-term roadmap for something as nebulous as partner experience. They have a programmatic roadmap. Here's what we're going to do for the next six months for this program. Um, three months after that, this program, we're going to have revenue at these goals. The experience is really going to be tied up into that person's personality and how they reflect the company culture. They're literally doing partner experience all the time in that result. And as the team expands, experience is still not a top priority because there are so few partners or so few team members or so few processes and everything's kind of manageable, right? It's still heavily relationally driven, but somewhere down the line, between 12 and 24 months, those efforts start to show up as pain in the daily management. It starts to be felt more keenly. And when that happens, it creates this invariable need for partner operations. Now, I am happy to acknowledge my bias. If you know me, you know that I love honest, transparent, authentic conversations, uh, really even painful conversations because I like the authenticity that it brings. So clearly I'm biased. I work in partner ops. The program is now called Partner Ops Partner. But I believe partner ops is a natural place for experience management, and I have three reasons. The first is hopefully we've really established that there is a critical need 
for a solid architecture to build your partner program from. That includes the program, that includes all of the sales, all of the rhythms, and the experience. Without a good architecture at the core, particularly for like accounts and contacts and those things that we know are central to relationship management, you will struggle for scalable operational growth. You'll be hiring people to manage back-end processes so it, quote, feels automated. And you will have a hard time getting delivery for future projects because every time we have to deliver something, we're having to navigate through a sea of technical debt around poor architecture that makes it difficult to add contacts and users and all the things that we need. The second is the tendency for partner ops to sit at that crossroads of nearly every other department in the company. People in this role, we have an overview of the architecture and tech. We, we know what's happening in different groups. We know who's bringing that, and we know what the pain points are for the ecosystem at large. We understand that partner managers have some pain points, and also that customer success has their own pain points working with service delivery partners or tier one support partners. We get it. We see and we hear this. We are also talking to people in these other roles, all the roles we've already mentioned, plus all the other roles in the company. We develop our own internal Rolodex of allies and what I call not allies for partnership manner. And we figure out how to leverage these relationships to bring mutual success both for partnership and for the business. And if we are not reporting into the partnership thing, if we are embedded into the organization, that tie becomes even deeper because our accountability rolls up a different avenue. The third point is that the timeline for entry for most partner operational professionals is 12 to 24 months. Think about what I just said a minute ago. They hit the ground running trying to understand the situation, priorities, and needs. Experienced hires come with a game plan. Junior hires scramble to learn what matters and figure out and add value. Either way, they come in precisely because the experience is starting to suffer for customers, colleagues, partners, or a combination of them all. You know, folks, at the end of the day, partner experience is really not owned by anyone specifically, but it's owned by everyone. All of the time, if you're working in a group or for a company that doesn't ever bring this up or use this language, congratulations. I've got great news for you. You own it. Take it. Run with it. Write it up. Make it interesting. You see, it really doesn't matter what your role is. Everyone is in partnerships and they just don't know it yet, which means you have a tie to partner experiencing. And figuring that out is your inroad to starting the conversation.